Okay, friends, I wanted to share with you one of the reviews that we received from a listener on Apple Podcasts. This is from user Paddle All Day, and the subject is Honest Open Sex Combo! Exclamation point. They said, this podcast has been so life-giving for me. I've listened to all the episodes and some more than once. As a result of these conversations, I have learned to love myself more, see sex as more sacred than ever before, and also improved in the way I speak to my partner and children about the divine wonder of our bodies and sex. I'm thankful to discover this podcast and to be partaking in the healing it leads to. Isn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. That's awesome. The I best. didn't know that was out there. <laughs> I thought that no, there was one review. That is unbelievable. That is so articulate. It's too. so great. It's so sweet. And we are so thankful for folks who take the time to rate and review the show. It puts us in the algorithm to find new listeners. So we would invite you, if you enjoy the show at all, to go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. If you don't enjoy the show, then just be kind. Don't do anything like that. But yeah, thank you, Paddle All Day. Headphones. They're oh, headphones. Nice. Headphones. Okay. I said headsets. Headsets fine. I mean, it makes it. Like, I know not, what you're talking it's about. It's sitting on my head. It communicates. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a set. Oh, oh, you said headsets. No, because <laughs> that's not what I. Heard. No, but I'm just yeah. thinking headset. It's a set that sits on my head, so that makes sense. It's logical. But headphones. It's logical. Okay. Hey Becky, say rise up lights. Rise up lights. Say it again. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Now say razor blades in an Australian accent. Razor blades. <laughs> Rise up lights. Razor blades. <laughs> it's worse. Somehow it's worse. Rise up lights. Just, Rise up lights. The point is saying "rise up lights" will is, sound like "riser blades." Rise up lights. It's you're already saying. Rise up lights. So I'm already trying. saying it. Rise up lights. I can't do that accent. It's excellent, Becky. <laughs> excellent. I'm gonna leave the accents to you. No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. <sighs> Unless well, I would work on Roy Kent one though, just for mm. if we got to meet him. That's just for pure pleasure, though. I know. Are you all ready to? Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Afterglow. You gotta like chest hair if you like Roy Kent. I love chest hair. I'm not mad at chest so hair. We're not I'm gonna ready tell you yet. that right that now. <laughs> I think talking about chest hair is incredibly ready for That was one of my Oh my gosh. <laughs> From Milieu Media Group, this is Fun Parts. An exploration of sexuality and spirituality. For anyone who's curious or convinced, there must be more. With your hosts, Becky Patton, Latifa Alatas. Ashley Lusink, Steve Weens, and me, Luke Bronner. Okay, friends, we have made it to the end of another very intense season slash week of recording. How's everybody feeling? Fun Parts Camp was so fun this year. Oh, man. Fun Parts <laughs> Camp was heavy this year, but, it was but heavy. good. It was productive. It was meaningful. Let's see, but you seemed to think when we were off mic that it just wasn't sexy enough. I did. I, I asked Luke off mic between the two of us. I said, hey, do we have enough sex content? And then he aptly reminded me that it's a podcast about the intersection of spirituality and sexuality. And so we can camp out in spirituality and or sexuality. And I was like, oh, excellent point.
I haven't been unhappy. I mean, I think everything we've talked about has been incredibly pertinent and fruitful and personally really moving for me. And it's been moving for me to see each of you dive into some areas that you had curiosity about. But yeah, it was running through my mind like, man, are we talking about like all the sexy things enough? You know, like I know people come to the show because they have questions or curiosities around sex and sexuality in particular. But the truth is, I mean, the season's really about how sex is everything, like how it's connected to everything. And I had this thought, and I told you guys, I even said it, I believe on episode zero, like, you know, sex doesn't matter and it matters. And I think part of that is me realizing that sort of accepting that it touches everything. Like it's not all about orgasm. It's the small thing and the large thing. It's the thing in between. And it's really touching so many other parts of our life. And so I think we spend a lot of time talking about the other parts of our lives that it touches. And that's really important. I think one of the mega things for me that we observed was the act of learning how to suppress your sexual desire bleeds into learning how to suppress so many other things that are so so much. Yeah. Pertinent to human living. And I'm glad that we dove into that some, I'm obviously, I'm sure there's more to do, but. Well, I think you made a really good statement in the kitchen. You were like, well, we don't want to repeat ourselves. We don't want to say the same thing over. And one of the things we know about the brain is the brain actually does need to hear the same thing over and over again to be able to, and I'm going to go back to what we were talking about changing our operating system we're all trying to change our operating system around this table. And I think some of what we're doing in actually putting this out there in the world is we're trying to help other people to be able to equip them to change their operating systems a little bit and to grow more curious. And we can't do that without, we are going to repeat some of the same things because we need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. good. I didn't hear that conversation off mic, but I've wondered about that some this weekend or my mind has explored that as well, where I've been like, there have been moments where it felt like we were getting into familiar terrain and I have to keep reminding myself that like, this is not first and foremost content creation. Like the goal of sitting around the magic table is not to make sure that we have something original to provide people with. We are modeling conversation. And if we continue to come back to a place in conversation, it's funny, right before we started recording this particular episode, Becky, you mentioned a story and you said, have I told y'all that story? And it's a story you've told us every time we've been together. <laughs> but it's a good story. I'm old. I'm over 16. I can't remember. But that's not, but that's not good the point. Story. The point is it, it is worth re-saying. Like it's worth revisiting things. It's like, I don't know. I think that's just part of dialogue is that like things are going to keep coming up. Like if the idea is for us to always have something new to say, then I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in making this. Well, and the truth is like when I think about purity culture and the ideas that it's perpetuated, those were ingrained in me because they were repeated over and and over over. and then lived out over and over and then reinforced over and over again. And, you know, we need to hear other things over and over again. I would imagine it honestly took me a long time to believe that Lucas really loved me because I've had experiences in the past where I wasn't feeling seen and loved. And even though he was doing it the whole time, you know, to his credit, he had no problem and still doesn't reinforcing, mm-hmm. you know, and the truth is I'm always going to want to hear it. And I'm really glad he's willing to repeat himself because it feels really good to hear that I'm loved. 
And just like it's probably feels good for anybody to hear that you are worthy. Mm-hmm. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of being loved. You're worthy of giving love. So yeah, I feel okay about it now, Becky. Okay. <laughs> this has been a different experience for me this time around than maybe I was expecting. And certainly than I've had in the past, like the first couple of seasons that we did this, it was, um, lots of squirming and lots of like confronting and realizing things that make me uncomfortable. I would leave knowing like, this is work that I need to do. I need to like sort of work to acclimate myself to the sorts of conversations that I've, that I've never had, you know, this sort of thing. It's important to talk about. And I think this time around, I came in thinking like, I'm mostly, you know, I'm, I'm arriving at a place of comfort. So I don't really know what exactly like how I'm coming into this season, whatever. And it's funny because I'm leaving more exhausted than ever. And it's exhaustion of like, I don't want to say discouraged. I'm not discouraged, but I'm looking ahead at the work that I have to do that I've come to see this week. And it's daunting where in the past I've confronted things that make me uncomfortable this week. I feel like I'm confronting things that really hurt. It's Mm. like, I feel like we uncovered some things that it's like, Oh man, there's a lot more work to do than I realized. And I just, in this moment, maybe because I'm just tired, I'm like, I don't know if I've got it in me to do it. Do it right now. Yeah. But it's also like, it's the thing I sort of mentioned this on the last episode where I was just like, it's exhausting to think the work doesn't end. You know, the thing that the repression, the whatever, however you want to describe it, the experience that I have from purity culture, from just my upbringing, whatever, that's not going to be resolved in one year of doing this or two years of doing this. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be working through this for a very long time, which is great for us having a podcast. Cause I'm just going to well, keep coming back. And to I, I really want to say something to that point, And that is, you know, we didn't say we wanted to do this show because we were creating a show that needed content and certain roles to be filled. We created the show because a conversation felt so pertinent and necessary to us as individuals, but also to the collective experience as we like talk to our own communities. And to that point, like Luke, I hope you don't feel pigeonholed. I don't know how long the show will go on or how many seasons we'll do and what kind of people will be sitting around this table, but I hope that you don't feel like you always have to like play the role of the repressed, uncomfortable person. And you're not doing that right now. You're not playing a role. And like, I don't always have to like, quote unquote, play the role of like the curious explorer. Like, and Becky, you don't always have to play the role of like the sex teacher or counselor or, you know, whatever it is, right? Like we are allowed to change and we are allowed to morph into another iteration of something like new that's still us, but something different. And so like, we're not like peddling some sort of like sexual conversation drama. Yeah. We're not characters in a story. No, I agree. We're really just here. And like, there's genuine love and care between the people at the table. And like, you know, Tommy's here, who's another producer on the show. And so Tommy, you've been with us this time around the table and it's been so good to spend time with you and you bring a new perspective, which I'm so grateful for. And it's also, I feel really cared for by you and that you've been like making notes and like helping remind us where we are and where we're going. And that, that's really and helpful. Who we're speaking to in any given moment. Yeah. It's, it's been really helpful. And so like, you know, 
to that point, it's like, I want to say to people in their lives who maybe are feeling overwhelmed and feeling stuck and feeling like, am I always going to be cycling through this one particular version of myself or narrative? You might be there for a while, but like you also have permission to move on to the next thing. Like you don't always have to be what you think you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And And I agree completely. And I would say like, I don't feel pigeonholed. I don't feel like there is no space in this group for me to progress or on this show to progress past where I am. But I also really am glad we're naming that because mm-hmm. I think what that does in part is convey to our listeners that like when I talk about my experience of repression and the pain of like uncovering for me this season, how I've been sort of trained, even self-trained to repress everything, not just sexual things. I think that hopefully reassures our listener that like, that's actually my honest experience. Like Mm. I'm not trying to play into a character either. When I squirm and get uncomfortable and stuff, that is how you feel hundred percent honest. And it happens even when the mics are off. Yeah. Happens a lot more when the mics are off because y'all stop censoring yourselves, but (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I I do think that's important to name. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I'm kind of walking away from this season is just like freaking tired and, Mm. and not dreading the work ahead. I know it's good work, but it does feel overwhelming. It does feel bigger than me. I bet you're not alone in feeling that even as listeners listen to the season, I bet because this has been a very substantial season of content. We've really covered a lot of ground and I would say it's sociological, it's psychological, it's theological, it's, it's human development, you know, it's all those things. And so I don't think you're alone. And I think it's, I think that's okay to feel. I I also, I, I say this not to, relieve any feeling of, Ooh, it's gonna be hard work that you're feeling. Cause I think that that all belongs, but I also would remind us all that this idea that the universe conspires to meet us in our desire. And so when we put the desire out there to evolve, to grow, to change, we're not alone. We really are not alone. And, and I Luke, we're similar in many ways, but I can go there too. Oh, it's going to be so much work. Oh, it's going to be so hard. And I wonder if, I just need to turn the dial a little bit on that one and say, it it might be hard, but help is on the way. Hmm. Hmm. I really, the idea of the universe is conspiring has really been comforting me, Steve, as you have echoed that throughout the last few days. And as we've been taping season three, I think it, it's easy for me to fall into despair, which I don't think is wrong. I think it's just part of the cycle for me, but I really get there when I feel the most alone. And it feels really good to think about the universe conspiring to meet the desires that I have. That feels really nice. And as you've said, Latifa, if we're all connected, and I really believe we are, and this collective consciousness or unit of consciousness is really the movement from me to group to global Mm. connection. That's the movement. And that's the movement that we're all taking us through. And that's what I thought about when you were talking about the black hole, like, and even sex yeah. is probably the portal in between me to group and group to all of us. I mean, that's probably one of the most beautiful portals that there mm. is. Can you go into, I don't think I know what you mean by that. Okay. So if sex is one of the most vulnerable things that we'll ever do, offering yourself to someone fully, or at least as fully as you can. And receiving somebody else's offer. And receiving offering. somebody else's offer as fully as they can, naked, 
battling shame, battling vulnerability, battling all those things, that's the exact same. You take it away from sexual activity, but when we move from just self-interest to group interest, that's the same movement. You know, it's vulnerable. It's looking at the desires of another. It's offering yourself to another for help, for it's receiving help from another. And then to go from group to unit of consciousness or like global consciousness, going through the black hole and all the way and seeing the light at the end. I wonder if because sex is such a mysterious little death, as the French say, you know. <laughs> wow, the French. Le France, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I, I just wonder, and I don't know what I'm no, talking no. about much either, but I just wonder. No, what I like about that is that it's basically a practice behavior. And it's like the idea of creating muscle memory so that it's like something you can fall back on. So the idea of like, oh, if I learn how to respond to, receive, and listen to myself and the person in front of me, if I learn presence... Hopefully that can become a learned behavior, a muscle memory, so that I can enact the ability to be present to whoever's in front of me. And that's mother nature. That's my neighbor. That's people at a restaurant. That's people I interact with in my work or in my friendships or in my family. I mean, muscle memory is really helpful because it's something that kicks in. Like, we can rely on it. It's not something that we have to like consciously always yeah. do. And so you're, we're basically talking about patterns again, which I really like. Yeah. Fractal patterns. No, but like if offering myself to a group is very similar to offering myself to an individual sexually, if, if that is muscle memory being present, if it's about presence, mm -hmm. then it may be, Oh, this is like right on the edge of yeah, even being good. able to figure it out. But like, yeah. maybe that really is how we move along the movement from move me to group, to group, yeah. to collective, because it's the same movement, offering presence, receiving presence. That's really what it's all about, you know, in diversity and unity, et cetera. Yes. And the practice of doing that with yourself. Yes. That's pretty massive. Cause if you can't be present to yourself, how can you even know what you need and how can you know how to ask for it? And then how can you be present in the group? It's, it's the cycle. I love um, Becky. Cause I feel like, I feel like you're smiling at me like an all knowing present goddess. <laughs> like, yes. Latifa. Yes. And I feel very affirmed. <laughs> Do you good. I'm glad. I just, I love yeah. hearing the language. It's yeah. like, I've heard the language a lot of times going from me to we, to us. And then like back through it all over again. And then me to we, to us. And I think, there's a kindness in that learning how to carry one expands us to carry two, the we and gives us, and then with two, we can carry more. And I just think there's a kindness to that. It all feels super connected to the conversation that's come up multiple times over this season of belonging. And, you know, we said in an early episode, the ways of understanding belonging as either membership or communion, this feels like communion. That's what mm. it feels like we're talking about is communion. I think so, Luke. That's so good. And I think the human development process, because it's me to we to us over and over again, we will move to a place where we is too constrictive and we have to move to us, you know, or we don't have to, but we are invited to. And I don't mean you leave the we necessarily, though sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to, but I just mean 
my consciousness has to be bigger than this group. And that's what I've been talking about over and over again this season of like sociological belonging runs out if it only refers to the behaviors I have to do or can't do. You know, we'll all, oh, that just gets so constrictive. But if we can keep moving to the global us and then again to me, oh, who am I now that I've entered into a new space? And then we start over again. Mm. Okay. I, I just, I think that we can't do that without some pain. And I think pain tends to make us want to re, uh, uh, retreat. I was just, I'm just remembering a moment in my own journey when I was feeling incredibly like hopeless and I was, I, I had experienced some growth and some freedom and I had started to say out loud the goodness of that and then felt like I got slammed back because I had some more work to do. And it was like, I was like, what the fuck is this never going to end? And I'm like standing in the bathroom at my home and I'm supposed to be leaving to go to a speaking thing. And my husband came in and he rarely will raise his voice, but he looked me in the mirror and he says, don't you dare give up now. Mm. He says, put your makeup on and get out there because what you've got is good. Freaking Rick. He's the yeah. best. Isn't he? He's kind of badass at times and other times he can't <laughs> I mean, find he the drive, damn bourbon. He drives a motorcycle. <laughs> he he does. does. He does. No, but he, he saw you and he put but up he a mirror. saw that. And yeah. I, and you guys, and I, Luke, I, there's a part of me that wants to cry right now. Yeah. I'm feeling very emotional because it's like, I know what it is to feel hopeless. And it's like, shit, I have more work to do. And it's, and originally when I first started doing some of this work, I mean, I started sharing some of the work I was doing. I was doing it because I thought, oh, dear God, please let me protect other people so they don't have to feel this pain. And it was very early into, and I don't know what it was. I was journaling one day and it was like, you don't need to protect people from pain. You need to show them that they can live through pain. And I remember thinking, can I do that? Hmm. And I just want to say the hopelessness that you feel right now is actually good. And it's necessary. And you're not alone. And a lot of times I felt alone. Yeah. I, I don't want to give the impression that I feel hopeless. I don't feel hopeless. Well, I, I just feel overwhelmed. I, it just feels yeah. like it's not, it, and, and maybe that's because I have this specific community, you folks, and the knowledge that like, we're going to do this again. I'm going to get to keep coming back to this well. That's the hope that I feel. But I just also, also feel like in the meantime, yeah. until then, You I also get have that. our numbers. It's not like we're unavailable to you unless we're recording. <laughs> just as a reminder. Well, that's true. Sometimes yeah. I call you. <laughs> <laughs> and after a week or so, I call you back. Um, I wanted to ask Ashley, when we started this season, you were in a pretty tender spot, I think. Like not knowing exactly what you were bringing, you always bring a tremendous amount. Yes, you do. I'm curious how you're leaving. I'm curious where you are now. Um, in a better place, <laughs> for one thing. I did come in very tender, and I appreciate what you were saying, Becky, too, about that 
when you get to that next place and you're feeling that pain and you want to retract, because I feel like I'm in a season of like, I'm retracting and I'm fighting the retraction to like, it took a lot of energy for me to lean in to and through that in sitting at this table this time and to bring what was going on and here and all that thing. And I think what's so beautiful, like as we're talking about the universe conspiring, like the threads that I've been thinking about and even in some ways have been afraid to bring or like, do I still belong at this table? You know, yes. sometimes it's like, yeah, but you know, you go like, oh, I've been off in this COVID isolation, <laughs> postpartum place, and I've been deconstructing all these things. I haven't gotten to try out these thoughts. Do I still belong here? And I've just seen different ways, different threads that have popped up in the last few days. I'm like, oh, it does, you know? And I think that's the beauty of, as I've been reflecting on where we started season one to season two and season three and thinking about how we are modeling for people, how to have these conversations. It's like, as we've gone deeper into our relationships with each other, the conversation itself has gotten deeper. And so it, it feels appropriate that the season feels different because mm. Mm. who we are individually is different, but who we are collectively is different too, because we've experienced things together yeah, and celebrated together. Different and, care to the table. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a really good thought. Yeah. And the one other thing that's during our break I was thinking about was, so last night before our live event, you guys had left and gone off and I, I was getting my daughter ready and she was in the high chair and I was putting her booties on. And it was this moment I had looking at her and I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. Like, I want you to be proud of me. Mm for having this conversation and continuing to push through these painful places. And I appreciate what you just said too, Becky, about how you can't protect. And I know I can't protect her from these things, but can I show her how to walk through this? And can I do my work to help just even shift some of the starting point of that, as I've shared before. But it was just this really a new mom moment for me because it was the first time stepping back into kind of like myself in a way, you know, but in this new place. And it was just really... It's beautiful. A really sweet moment. So I don't know that there's been a moment this week with your daughter that hasn't been sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is you will amazing. always have a place at the table, if for no other reason than to bring your daughters yeah, so we can hang out with her. But <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you, I, I mean, truly, I think that, and I, I, I think this for all of you, but, but actually I want to say to you specifically, like you bring, what you bring is so, so valuable to yes. me. Yes. And to this team. And it's funny in light of the comments, Latifa, you made about how we're sort of allowed to evolve. You are the one that's modeling that. Like mm -hmm. your role has, you as a person have shifted Seriously. from each season. Season one, you weren't even, we weren't even planning for you to be on a mic. Yeah. <laughs> season two, you were pregnant. And season three, you, you've been a mom for 10 months. You know, like it's, it's just, thank you for, for modeling that, that we get to be in different places each time we do this. And yeah, I mean, same question for anybody else. Like, how are you leaving compared to how you came in, like, what are we taking with us this time? If you had one thing, what's the one thing you're taking away? I think I'm feeling a little more hopeful, a little less afraid. I came in pretty tired. I've been doing a lot of traveling up until this point, And I've just had a lot of great things happen in my personal life and a lot of hard things happen in my public life. And, you know, this afternoon... You guys let me really vent my anger. And I I don't do that in front of a lot of people. I only do it in front of people I really trust. So congratulations. 
I like you and I trust you. But it feels really good to be able to say how mad I am and have it be held and not like solved immediately or underplayed and to be believed. Like I just felt really believed. And I woke up this morning feeling anxious, like about like, oh, what if like X, Y, and Z gets wind of the podcast and then like it's a whole nother mob, you know, like I just feel tired by it. Even though I know it's not personal, I feel tired by it and discouraged. And like, like, thank you for being the kind of people that like, yeah, we have amazing conversation and I'm proud of the show and I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it and it helps me and I hope it helps other people. But what's really helped me is the trust and friendship that's developed like in between the spaces of record and stop. It's really helping me like want to continue to do the work. And I'm grateful for that because I just keep having visions of disappearing and becoming a farmer. And <laughs> I mean, that's a great life and that's valid, but like, I don't totally think that that's my purpose for this life. <laughs> it's probably a good thing to pause on and just <laughs> consider that it may or may not sing be. to the cows. <laughs> yeah. So, um, thank you for, even though I'm physically tired and like mentally and emotionally tired, I feel spiritually encouraged. And I know that that touches all the other branches of who I am. So thank you for being trustworthy and for holding space with me. Yeah. I really, being able to say how mad I am is really significant. Thanks Tifa. Yeah. I think I'm leaving with a hope that for me too, it can be true that the universe is conspiring to help me in my desire off mic. We've had some great conversations that have been very helpful for me in some areas that I feel just confused and stuck and pretty discouraged, you know, mm. and I'm guilty of sometimes being able to say some things to other people that I can't quite believe for myself. Like, Maybe the universe really is conspiring. Thank you, Paulo Coelho, to meet me and my desire mm. that I feel like I don't have permission to say it out loud. I don't have permission to put it out into the universe because I'm stuck in this way or that way. You all have helped me go, no, you can do that too. Mm. And that's no small thing. Sometimes I feel like like I love change and stuff, but other times I feel like I can be just be the the big boulder that never moves, you know, like I'm telling everyone else you can have new beginnings and everyone else you can, but not me. Mm. And I think I, so I'm leaving with some hope. I feel like it's small, you know, but that's okay. I'll take small. I'm surprised this makes me emotional. I feel like I'm leaving knowing I'm not alone. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. I was like, you don't have to do the work by yourself anymore. And that's got to feel really fucking awesome. And you've been doing it alone for so long. Thank you for doing it for so long. Think about those moments when I felt hopeless or I felt I didn't feel like I had hope. I didn't have the resources. And I'm so grateful, Luke, you've got resources. And yet 
the universe conspired and gave me what I needed just enough. I feel like I was cared for. But today we were sitting at, I think it was at lunch, we were talking about at the live event that we did last night and the questions were coming and I can't remember who said what, but I remember people saying, man, I was just overwhelmed by those questions coming and somebody casually mentioned, I can't believe you used to do that alone. And I just, I, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, I did. I used to take all those questions just myself. I used to, and I, and I, with pleasure, I did. I mean, I, not pleasure <laughs> with other responsibility because I cared about all those questions that came and I cared about the people that were there and I cared about this topic. And I think there's a different way we can do this going forward. And there's not one question that came last night that I didn't feel confident that everyone up there had an answer for. And I felt so surrounded mm. and I didn't feel alone. It's awesome. And I wonder if some of our listeners, people feel very alone in what they're doing. Mm. And I do believe the universe is conspiring for you. And I hope, I hope beyond words that the voices that you hear in your ears right now would say to you, you are not alone. You don't have to do this alone. We can question together. We can wonder together. We can make mistakes together. We can change our language. We can learn how to say Aola. 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 That's an awesome Aola. Just combine them and just combine you're, there you go. It's like Alleluia. 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 I'm going to put some aola yeah. on my aola. But hey, think, Mitch, grab the aola. <laughs> but I think that there's something so beautiful in knowing that we get to do this in a chorus, mm -hmm. which is what I think is so much more important than a monologue. And I, I'm grateful for the work I've gotten to do these past 15. I really am. You guys, I feel so honored for the people that have invited me into their stories and the situations that I've been in good, hard, wonderful, easy, and damn, I'll never go back there again. Some of them. I mean, but it's like those all belong too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe for such a time as this, I am so grateful. I can say this just with utter joy at each one of you and your faces and your hearts for people and for the wounded. I just feel so good to not be alone. I think the only thing that we have left to do is to thank people for joining us at the table and continuing to show up, continuing to invite people in your community. We've heard of folks who are, you know, gathering together listening to the episodes and then gathering together and having conversations around them, which is like a dream come true. Truly for us, that was the the vision. And so I think we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for, for your willingness to listen, to bear with us as we stumble through the conversation, as we find communion with one another and, and with all of you. Thank you for letting our voices be a part of your process. Thank you for bearing witness to our stories. You know, we're just, there's no notes that people have in front of them as we do these conversations. We're just having these conversations. And so in many ways, listeners, you're, you're bearing witness to our process, to our story, to our ongoing hopes and fears and, and dreams. And, you know, we're doing it for ourselves as much as we are for you, for sure. 
uh, and you're bearing witness to that. So thank you. Thank you for listening, friend. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to give him the Kiwi accent. Thank you, thank you for listening. It's really fantastic having you Did join you us in our band? conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Oh, I think we've done it. Oh, wait, we got we got oh, Tommy. We got, on we the got mic. one. We got. I don't actually care if this is on the podcast or not. I just want to speak to you guys. Because, like, whether I like to admit it or not, I'm in a fairly momentous moment in my life. Having just, like, publicly come out as queer in some form or fashion. And it just feels really good to be here in that moment mm. with you guys. It feels safe. It feels secure. And, you know, Becky, I think you'll relate to this as a fellow eight. It's really hard for us to show any kind of weakness, any kind of chink in our armor. You know, eights are the people who are the protectors. You know, we're the providers. We're the, we're the strong thing when nothing else is strong. Mm. And that's true in my life. Like, even when I don't want to be strong, like I am strong, I don't feel like I have to be that here. And that feels really good. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, Tommy. The other thing I want to say, and this is really nerdy maybe, but I just keep thinking about the the Trinity. And, you know, we all have these different conceptions of God. And, but the Cappadocian Fathers gave us this image of the divine that dances together. And they even use the word interpenetration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're here. <laughs> but like just this right beautiful space. idea that God is, is a community that is dancing. And like in my mind, it's, it's like a Charlie Brown tumble where like they're fighting or something. <laughs> and then like a hand just like reaches out of like the, the dust of the fight and like just pulls you into it. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you're going to get hurt but you're dancing and you're going to have joy and you're going to feel your body and you're going to be fully present because what is more human than that? And so the divine is like, I, I don't know, maybe it's sacrilegious, maybe it's heretical. I don't care, but it's like God became human. But in that God showed us that God was human all along. Ooh, and you that, know how much I love that. <laughs> and that we just get to be with. Yeah. So good. That's beautiful. Thanks, Tommy. Wow. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Fun Parts was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork was designed by the very talented Alan Lusink. All the music you heard in this episode was composed, produced, and licensed by the fine folks at blue.sessions.com. Check out our website at funpartspodcast.com and be sure to follow us on social media at funpartspodcast. Lastly, if you want access to bonus and behind-the-scenes content from this and other Mill Media Group shows, join our neighborhood at the Patreon link in the show notes.